Thank you for listening to the Lake Murray Baptist Church podcast. Lake Murray Baptist Church is a Southern Baptist church located in Lexington, South Carolina. My name is David Sons, and I serve as the family and discipleship pastor here at the church, as well as the host of this podcast. Our hope is that this podcast would be a resource for our members who are seeking to live out their faith in Jesus Christ in their everyday lives. We want to use this platform to exalt Jesus and equip the members of Lake Murray to be the church where they live, work, and play. Welcome to this episode of the Lake Murray Baptist Church Podcast. Thanks for listening. My guest today is Dr. Greg Wills. Dr. Wills is the research professor of church history and the director of the B.H. Carroll Center for Baptist Heritage and Mission at the Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Fort Worth, Texas. He is the author of a number of books, including The History of Southern Baptist Theological Seminary that was written in honor of Southern's 150th anniversary, and also a little closer to home, The History of First Baptist Church Columbia. He is also a contributor to a number of other titles. Currently, Dr. Wills is working on a history of the Southern Baptist Convention that is forthcoming from B&H Publishing. Dr. Wills is one of the leading historians in Southern Baptist life, and I'm thankful that he would make time to join us today. Dr. Wills, thank you for being on the podcast. You're welcome. It's good to be here. Before we get into a little bit of Southern Baptist history, which is what I would love to talk to you about in the majority of this podcast, I'd like to maybe start here. Um, Before coming to Southwestern, you spent a number of years on the faculty at Southern Seminary in Louisville. Uh, And last week on the podcast, we had a former colleague of yours, Dr. Stephen Wellam, on, and he was talking about uh, his book, uh, Christ from Beginning to End, how how we see the Christ-centered hermeneutic in all of Scripture. One of the things we talked about in that podcast was the importance of reading the Bible in context. And there's a numerous context to consider when we come to the text, uh, literary context, authorship, provenance, et cetera, et cetera. But one of the most important things to consider is the historical context. And so as we begin, would you talk about how understanding historical context can really make us better or more informed Bible readers? Sure. The Bible comes in a specific historical context or set of historical contexts, but in the long view, in a set of historical context, if you think about it, Even the law of Moses comes in a very specific historical context. It has a historical prologue. Indeed, that that prologue goes all the way back to Genesis 1. That is part of the historical context in which God uh, explains the obligations of Israel to him, that he created them for himself and and they, with the rest of humanity, fell away from that and rebelled against him. And yet in love, he chose them and through, chose Abraham and called him and, and all through, down through the generations. And so that's the historical context in which now, having led Israel out of bondage, out of Egypt, now he's giving them this land with this set of laws and this specific form of worship. And you see that throughout the entire scriptures. And e- even in the New Testament, we talk about the letters of, of Paul being didactic. They teach us, in addition to other things, they teach us theology in such straightforward fashion. But those letters aren't written specifically, historically, to all Christians everywhere. They're written to one specific group of Christians in one specific church in one specific city right. at a specific time. And so the historical context is fundamental to understanding all the scripture. I know as a professor of church history, uh, you spend a lot of time of uh, teaching, thinking through issues of church history. And one of the things that we do as a part of our membership class here at Lake Murray is to do a, a brief 
really a very brief kind of overview or summation of church history. And I'm always surprised at how often people come up to me afterwards and say how much they learned from that section that they didn't know before. And I don't really feel like we dig too deep into church history, but but many Christians don't have much of a frame of reference for the faith of the saints who came before. And so what benefits are there for believers to have kind of a working knowledge of church history or, or why is church history important for believers today? Well, I think a lot of reasons. One is that it's our story. It's it's not just the story of of people of ancient times. It's our story. It's a part of our story. We're connected directly to it. Uh, second, we are called in the scriptures, I don't know, 80 times, 100 times to remember as mm-hmm. an act of memory, right? Not, not, as, not merely as attention to, to God's law to, to do it, but to remember things that God has done, to remember things that God has said. And this is a command then, mm-hmm. right? And so part of our sanctification, part of the way that God shapes us into the image of our Savior is, is that we obey his commands. Well, one of his commands is to remember. Right. In Isaiah 46, uh, verse 8, remember this and stand firm. Recall it to mind, you transgressors. Remember the former things of old. And you see this kind of command over and over again. And that memory is not merely an exercise. It's an order that we remember this historical context that we talked about to remember who created us, why he created us, and how we got to where we are, both in terms of our transgression against him and the mercy and grace with which he has dealt with us, but not just with us, with all of those who have come before us, all of those to whom we are debtors, right? And so this memory of of remembering what God has done through other saints is an occasion for us to praise him and give him thanks. Uh, Regularly, when I read the scriptures now, I'll give God thanks for raising up a Cananiah, and Heman, and and Ethan, and uh, Jeduthun, you know, the, the, the singers and, and, and Levites that, that God appointed through David for the temple. And I don't have any direct relationship to them, but remembering is an occasion of praise and thanksgiving. Uh, I think I've got about a dozen, I, I could go through about a dozen of these things, but we'll, no, go we'll, for we'll it. stop there on the benefits. No, I think that's so good. I, I was just reading uh, through Deuteronomy in my personal study just back a couple of weeks ago and was struck again by how often God tells the people to remember and how much that that remembering what God has done uh, for the people before is a part of their sanctification in the present uh, and is building their confidence that God is going to do an incredible work in in them again. Uh, as he's- That's right. One of the one of the dangers of the modern world is that we we have been uh, over and over again misled by the argument that human reason is sufficient. Human reason mm-hmm. can can achieve truth. Human reason can judge all things. And of course, we know, at least in a general way, that that's not true. We submit ourselves to the scripture. But one of the things that that this can betray us, one of the ways it can betray us is by causing us to overlook the power of historical argument. Yeah. And we know instinctively that that historical argument is powerful because we say things like, well, I can't believe that in this day and age, X, Y, Z. Right. right. So we feel it. And and so there there is a rightness and a power to historical argumentation done correctly, of course. 
No, I think that's so helpful. And one of the reasons that we feel like even in our new members class at Lake Murray to try to instill some understanding of, of church history, uh, of the of the folk, the saints that have gone before us uh, and, and how their story impacts our story uh, and God moving in, in those uh, powerful ways. And, and one of the things, uh, I guess your primary area of scholarship is Southern Baptist history. And uh, this week, obviously, we were supposed to be at the 2020 Southern Baptist Convention annual meeting in Orlando. But That's obviously, right. because of concerns and complications regarding COVID-19, the meeting was canceled uh, I think since first time since World War II. Is that is my history right on that? That's, that's correct. We canceled the meeting in 43 and 45 at the request of uh, one of the president's uh, appointed leaders in domestic affairs in the war effort. And so Southern Baptist agreed for the sake of the war effort not to meet those two years. Yeah. Well, as we think about present day SBC, these are obviously some tumultuous, complicated times for our convention. And there are numerous issues confronting our convention. And, and our hope really ultimately is to be as faithful as we can to the scriptures, to love Jesus and love others in response to these issues. And so what can we maybe learn from Southern Baptist history that can prepare us to face this cultural moment? Oh, wow. You know, one of the one of the things that that history and and for us perhaps Southern Baptist history above all, one of the ways it can help us is to recognize that the things we experience are not really unprecedented. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a uniqueness into yeah. every case. Okay, it, that, right. that's true, and there's an especial there is a special uniqueness when it, when something occurs that has not happened in a generation or a long more. time. Sure, right. But it's hard to find things that are really unique in human experience or the, or the experience of the church. And, and that's helpful because it helps ground us. And it, it helps us find um, encouragement from the instructions of those generations who have gone before us who have experienced similar things. It helps us gain encouragement for endurance because we see other saints have participated in these kinds of things. We see how they experienced, how they came through it. And it often provides warning and admonition. Right, of we can see how things went wrong, but in all of those ways, it helps us attain wisdom. Mm. And so, by looking at how uh, Christians and, in our case, Southern Baptists, have endured various kinds of crisis, uh, various kinds of grief, we can gain instruction and encouragement to lead our people through this and to encourage one another. I think that's such a good connection to draw between understanding our history and using that in the pursuit of wisdom, right? To, to see where in the past, uh, Southern Baptists, again, have maybe perhaps made mistakes that we don't want to, to make again, or where they've made good decisions in the past where we can specifically learn from those decisions and the wisdom that they they used in their situation. I, I love that you talk about unprecedented. We say that word a lot. This is unprecedented. We think about the, uh, you know, we think about, uh, I heard somebody say today that 2020, they talk about it unprecedented, but you know, we started out like 1973 with an impeachment, and now we have a pandemic like 1918. We have a, a economic collapse like 1929, and we have rioting like 1968. And so, you know, as again, a, a unprecedented, uh, really, we've seen these things throughout 
uh, American history and church history in the past, and and we can learn from the ways, both positive and negative, that that those who've gone before us have learned uh, or have dealt with those similar situations. And so, let's say someone wants to learn more about church history or specifically about Southern Baptist history in particular. Uh, other than yourself, uh, obviously, we would recommend they read uh, what you write. Is there a good resource or author that you would point them to to say, hey, here's a good kind of starting point for understanding Southern Baptist history? Uh, this is a sore point for me. Oh, no. <laughs> because I feel that that we lost two or three generations of, of, of opportunity to do some good historical research mm-hmm. and good historical writing because so many of of the scholars in our Southern Baptist colleges and seminaries were misled by what we were talking about earlier, by the claims that human reason is sufficient, that human reason um, independent of scripture authority can, can lead us to these things. And one of the things that happens in, in almost every, certainly every, almost every modern form of false teaching is a questioning of the Bible's history. Mm-hmm. If, if it's historical authenticity, it's historical integrity, it's historical claims. And so uh, most modern false teaching does a very thorough rewrite of the historical uh, claims of scripture. And that has a profound impact on how you understand the mission and character of the church of Jesus Christ. Mm, certainly. And so, so many Southern Baptist scholars uh, especially after World War II, from the period about World War II to about 1985 or 90, were deeply influenced by that approach, whether they personally believed it or not. They either believed it or they were trained in it or both. And so, so much of the history they write, I don't think is, is very helpful. Mm-hmm. Some of, most of the facts are accurate enough, but they're placed in a context and with an argument and a, a mood that is misleading and unhelpful. All that said, we do have now almost a generation, 20, 25 years of of scholarship that is also uh, humble before scripture authority and its historical integrity. And so we are building up a body of literature, but it takes time. History is so so difficult because there's so much work that needs to be done at, at the complicated level of the local church and then the local churches and the associations and the individual pastors and the individual theologians. It just takes time to build up uh, that body of literature. And so we're making good progress now. There's good stuff coming out. Hmm. And probably the the most helpful thing in, in recent years is the book on the Baptist called The Baptist Story, uh, co-authored by Michael Haken, Nathan mm-hmm. Finn at North Greenville, mm-hmm. and um, Tony Shute out at California Baptist. That's not just Southern Baptist. That's that's the entire Baptist movement. But we, we see books like that coming out and, and the fundamental building blocks. There was a new book, a new biography of Crawford Toy mm-hmm. that came out in, in recent months, which I was delighted to see. Toy, as, as you know, was the great professor of Hebrew and Old Testament at Southern Seminary, who Boyce and Broadus required to resign. The trustees required, uh, the trustees dismissed him in 1879 because he adopted a liberal view of inspiration. Mm -hmm. 
Well, I think one of those uh, books that will be a part of that kind of body of literature, as you talked about, is a new book that you're working on. Uh, you're working on, I mentioned this at the top, an upcoming uh, history of the Southern Baptist Convention from B&H Publishing. And so uh, I wonder maybe if you would give us a little preview of that book and, and maybe talk about what you're learning through the process of writing it. Oh, the, the preview is, is going to be tough, but I, here's what I want it to accomplish, and, and we'll see how successful I am. It's, it's, I've got a, a rough draft that's largely written, but still got more material to add and, of course, a lot of editing to do. But the, the examples of the individual pastors and the, the, the experiences of individual churches and associations is one of the things that, that has been so largely neglected mm. in so much of our history. And this, this is not, it's not an indictment of other historians who've gone before us, because it's just hard work. It's just hard yeah. to, to find the time and, and even to get the resources. It, in the last generation, just a little bit more our access to these sources has expanded so greatly. Um, so it's, it's not easy to do, but, but there's so much rich material there for understanding our history in a more precise way and for overturning a lot of the errors. Mm-hmm. So I guess maybe if it's a preview, it, it's, it's, it's going to be um, a preview of, of overturning some of the errors concerning our own history, both, both at the macro level and the micro level, everything from, uh, the nature of our our Baptist movements and down to uh, myths about Lottie Moon, for example. Mm-hmm. So I ho- hope to put those in, in better shape than they are typically done. As much to encourage in our history, so, so many examples of faithfulness and of, of, of spiritual trust in the midst of suffering and sacrifice of... Um, of, of trust in the word of God. And this is something that uh, to one of your questions, perhaps has impressed me the most in, in, in recent months as I'm studying this, the trusting God's word when it does not appear uh, reasonable. Hmm. And, and, and so doing the things that God requires, even right. when, if you look around and consult reason, you have to say, this is not going to work. Mm. There's mm. no way this is going to be helpful to the church or, or, or to the, the gospel. And Southern Baptist pastors and church people were not always successful in doing that. But at least in some areas, it seems to me, they were more successful than we typically are. And so as they entrusted themselves and their churches to the word of God, they did what it said in all areas and fought against all of the temptations to avoid doing Right. What it said. And perhaps church discipline is, is the most obvious example of that. But, but there are a lot of others as well. Well, Dr. Wills, I, I certainly appreciate your hard work. As you mentioned, it, it's not an easy thing to put together a history of the Southern Baptist Convention. Uh, and so appreciate your hard work, your scholarship, your ministry, and and certainly look forward to reading the book uh, when it comes out in the next uh, couple of years. And you can learn more about Dr. Greg Wills or about Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary by going to the seminary's website, uh, swbts.edu. Dr. Wills, this has been such a helpful conversation, and I'm so thankful that you would join us on the podcast today. David, it was a joy to be here. Thank you so much for investing the time. 
And a special thank you to you, the members of Lake Mary Baptist Church, and to all of our listeners. Remember, this podcast and the other ministries of Lake Mary Baptist Church are brought to you by the generous tithes and offerings of our church membership. To give to the ministries of Lake Mary Baptist Church, you can follow the link in the description. For more information about Lake Mary Baptist Church, you can always visit our church website, www.lakemurraybc.org. Remember to subscribe to this podcast. By subscribing, you'll be notified whenever a new pod is posted. We hope that you'll join us again next time as we seek to live in light of the gospel in the places where God has placed us for his glory, our joy, and others' good.